Hello, everybody, and welcome to Honor Radio, episode 19. And today, I got to tell you guys, we are super excited about having a man that we love. He's been a great fan to the Honor Group, a great friend of the Honor Bull. Um, his name is Paul Rudy. He's also known as Papa Pig in San Diego. They know him real well down there. He is the creator of the Prep Pigskin Report in San Diego. It's a it's an Emmy Award winning sports show down in San Diego. And Paul, I can't tell you enough how grateful you are to spend a few minutes with with us and our listeners. Hey, get this. It's an honor to be with you. <laughs> we love you, Paul. You got to get some right off the bat, All right. Hey, Paul, uh, let's just jump right into it, buddy. You okay. are, you, you definitely are in the front lines of everything that is San Diego, right? You're, you're, you're on the morning show there with KUSI TV. You're well known. You're, you're, you're a celebrity in San Diego. But what, what, is, what is going on with you and uh, when it comes to this COVID thing? What are you hearing in your studio right now about uh, what's happening? Well, I, you know, it's the timing that has got everybody concerned. Because l unless you have a loved one or a family member with affected by the disease, or let's put it this way, the, the debate going on right now, Coach, is it's between lives versus livelihoods. We have two serious crises. We have the health one and we have the economic one. Mm -hmm. A lot of us know people who are being affected economically by COVID-19. Fewer of us know somebody who's suffering from or who has succumbed to the virus. And depending on which one of those groups that is uh, that you're closer to, it affects your perspective on the argument. But from my perspective, I know one person who got very seriously ill, a, a very close friend, but I don't know anybody who's passed and I'm more concerned. Don't, uh, don't think less of me, coach. I'm more concerned about what it's, what it's doing to the kids right now who lost, a, lost their senior season in baseball or lost their prom and lost all the events. And I'm even concerned about about what the future of our high school football season is going to look like come fall. So, you know, I, I whenever I open my mouth on the topic, people are quick to criticize me because I come off as jaded and not sensitive to the health concern side of it. That's not the case. I realize that it's a very serious health outbreak, and I realize uh, a lot of the things we're, we're doing had to be done. Mm -hmm. But I don't want this to creep into the fall of you know, I know how politicians are and they get, you know, they got, they can, uh, man, it's hard to take things away from them. When they see the control that they have over our society, they're, they're not going to be quick to give it back. And I, I, I think it's really important for people to be respectful of the health issue, but push to get our schools back open and to get our seasons back going because it's a very important part of growing up. I would not be sitting across from you right now on this computer screen if not for my high school athletic experience. And I know that's the case for thousands and thousands of young men and women who uh, sports is such a vital part of the educational process that we can't, we can't take that away from people. At some point we're going to, we are the, the home of the, you know, the brave and land of the free. And we have to act like that as we deal with this health crisis going forward. I absolutely agree with you. Paul. 
<laughs> you got a three five. That's your second one. You might be a record breaker, my friend. <laughs> hey, Paul, um, I totally agree with you, my friend. We, as you know, we talk with a lot of coaches. We talk with a lot of athletic directors. We're very close to the CIF. Um, you know, and I know everybody that I've talked to, even the sports reporters feel the same way as you. Um, you know, but, you know, the health, there's that health issue, but then there's that, that, uh, that high school experience, uh, you know, getting back and, and, and starting up again. And I know everybody is truly wanting that. You know, you being so close to the schools down in San Diego, what are you hearing from some of the coaches in the 80s out there? And that's why I'm so concerned, Marcus. I'm hearing people already, it's April 17th for Pete's sake, and I already hear people talking about, well, maybe we can shorten the season and start and, and uh, you know, eliminate the state playoff portion. And I'm saying, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit here. It's April 17th. Look how far this conversation has progressed in just two weeks. Two weeks ago, all we were focused on were positive tests, hospitalization rates, ICU bed availability, mm -hmm. and of course, the tragic mounting death toll. Two weeks later, that was the first of April, two weeks later, what's the main focus of conversation now for every politician? How do we reopen? Mm -hmm. So I say, let's fast forward another two weeks. Mm -hmm. What will the tone of the conversation be May 1? Mm -hmm. I honestly think the school year can open on time, open fully, and have we can have a full season. Yeah. And I, I don't think we should be so quick to pull the plug on that based on conversations we were having two weeks ago. Hmm. All the health data, and Lord knows, Coach, because now of my new role as a, as a, as a journalist, and I use that uh, loosely, of course, <laughs> I, I, all I, I'm immersed in it. I read everybody's Twitter feed. I read every news report. I, I go from Fox to CNN, MSNBC. I just, because I want to be able to talk intelligently on COVID-19. So sure. I, I begin, and oddly enough, I have a lot of free time because there's nothing going on. So that's what I do. And I read and I read and I read. And I just feel I'm looking at the data, the same data that the governor's looking at. Yeah. He doesn't have any, any he, he's looking at the same numbers I'm looking at. I honestly think the worm is turning in our favor, and I know we have to protect the kids. But ironically, in this, the kids are the are the lowest at risk. Hmm. You know, now they you don't want little Joey and Susie to affect Grandma and Grandpa. I, I get that, but that's hmm. that's where our work the plan back is going to have to focus. Let's protect the vulnerable, and but let's let the low risk people mingle, and let's develop herd immunity as quickly as we can. Hmm. And let's I'm not going to accept this life of oh, we can't hug one another or we can't shake hands. Neither am I. No. <laughs> we're, we're going, we're, we're, we're the United States for Pete's sake. Yeah. We're Americans. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to beat this and we're going to figure it out because there's going to be another pandemic and we're going we're gonna to have to handle it a little bit better. We're going to have to figure out how we can do this more surgically rather than this blanket lockout. Oh, I got that's, that's three. You've gotten three get sums already, my friend. So, um, and you know, but coach, you know, I say all that, and you should see the 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 vitriol. The uh, boy, people just rip me up because mm. I have the audacity to walk against the wheel a little bit. Mm. And I, but I think you're going to see a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that, and pretty soon, like any big wave, it starts as a ripple, mm. and then it becomes something you can uh, surf on, you know? Yeah, I follow uh, San Diego News very closely. Um, we're down there a lot. 
with our sports program. We've become uh, lovers of San Diego, even though we're located up in Northern California. And the, the fan base down there is as rabid as any other uh, fan base that we've ever been involved in. Um, how do you see uh, sports restarting? I mean, you're connected better than anybody down there. Well, what do you think might happen as we start rolling out of this? Well, I mean, again, now we're kind of football people, so let's look at it from a football perspective because I can't speak to everything. I know what the coach's number one concern is because mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes on in June and July. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't think, oh, just be – I mean, you're naive if you think high school football starts on the first day of training camp. Right, right. It's just not the case. Right. Frankly, it's a year-round endeavor for the men yeah. who are taking it really seriously. You know that. Yes. But things like little things like getting physicals and getting parental permission and doing all the, the paperwork end of it mm-hmm. requires that coaches have access to their kids, unfettered access, at least by July 1st and probably by June. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that goes on in June. You, you know that better than I do. Yeah. So, so we're going to just have to wait and see. My, 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 my plea to politicians and parents who are concerned is let's take this day by day. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's reconvene on May 1 because mm-hmm. the world's going to look a lot different than it did on August or on April 17th. And, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot of states opening up. Mm-hmm. And like when Texas and Florida gets rolling in, that's going to create an avalanche. That's a lot of people are going to, want, you know, no matter what our stance is here in the Pacific uh, Coast, it's it's going to be altered by what goes on in the Midwest and mm-hmm. and the North North Northeast. I, I would say this that when we're having this conversation, it's a two tiered conversation. There are 48 states, and then there's New York and New Jersey. <laughs> whatever I whatever I say, it doesn't you know New York is a se- separate circumstance, but even their data is now improving. So mm-hmm. my hope is that school officials who obviously, I mean, the untold story in all this coach is the liability issue. There's going to be, no one wants to say that, but there's going to be insurance liability if you open up. And we all know that, yeah, sure. There's going to be people that get sick and there, there might even be people, not even might, there will be people that have, will, will succumb to COVID-19 after yeah. we open up our state. That's just a fact of life. There's no way we can avoid that. And there's going to be people passing away from COVID-19 in 2021 and 2022. That's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is make it a manageable situation so that we protecting our youth and protecting the people who teach our youth, protecting mm-hmm. our parents as best we can, mm-hmm. but we cannot, the status quo cannot continue. It's just crazy how this year began with so much energy and vigor. I, and, I mean, we were on fire. I, I, I'm a realtor and, and a mortgage coach up here in Northern California. And I mean, we were just rocking. And then I really, March 19th, boom, everything boom. came to an end. It was like a bomb went off. Let me ask you this question, because you're such a real estate expert. What's mm. going to happen come May 1, May 15th, when we, we start rolling out the uh, economy? Do you expect that to ignite right away? Or is people, because of their financial stress that they're enduring right now, is real estate going to be slow to rebound? I think it's going to be a little of both. I think that there's going to be some people that, um, of course, are going to have to get their jobs back or going to have to get re-energized back in the employment market. But I also believe we were at a good pace and we were at a safe pace 
when it came to real estate. It wasn't like 2008 when we were out of whack, right? Where people right. basically could fog a mirror and buy a home, right? Um, <laughs> and, and, and have no credit, right? We right. Were, we're at a very safe place where a lot of people have equity in their homes, Right? right. So the real estate market is solid. There's a good foundation there. And I'm of the belief that when it does come back, it'll come back um, uh, I'm, I'm very quickly. It'll come back quickly. And I think the, the mortgage companies will, will uh, re-energize and, and will almost start where we left off. But uh, I pity the people that have lost work and because out of the millions and millions of people that have lost work, it's going to be interesting to see how many get hired back. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I can't speak to that. But it's and, just. And, 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 you know, school budgets are going to be strapped. Coaches that have a certain stipend for assistant coaches, mm -hmm. that's the first bits of money that are going to be, you know, the, the school system already is in, in pitiful shape as it relates to the budget. This is going to just stress. It's, the rubber band was stretched as far as it could go. This will break the rubber band. And you know the first place they're going to start cutting are going to be athletic programs. And, you know, of course, the big schools are going to survive. I, I think of the little schools, the, the, the Montgomery's and the Mar Vistas and schools that, you know, are, you know, are, are, are financially strapped. It's those programs that are suffering, that are going to suffer, especially because of COVID-19. And, and I hope that that we can, you know, come May 1, we're going to say, okay, you know, by June 1, this is, we're going to start opening our doors. And by July 1, we're, we're back to normal as best we can be. No, but and even that will be a little late for high school football, but it's manageable. If, if you told high school football coaches, hey, we're going to be we're going to be cooking with gas come July one, they would figure out a way to have a competitive football team on the field come August 16th. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no, no, you know, and they'll do it safely and they'll do it where we can. God, you know how what it would mean to the morale of our country, to our school system, to our individual schools. If we saw the band marching onto the field and the kids coming out under the goalpost, you know what that would do on a Friday night? If I believe August 16th is our first, mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, my mind's mush, but, mm -hmm. but you know what that would do? The, 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 the morale it would change. It, it would be I amazing. Pray, yeah. I pray that, that people can see the importance of that. And you know what? I know we'll have to roll the dice a little bit. But I'm ready to roll the dice, and I'm. I say that as a person who's. I'm in the dangerous group, you know. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm up there in years. I'm maybe carrying a few more pounds than I should. I'll be the first one that might. Might get the bug, but I say that knowing it's important for the people around me and for the kids that we, we get this going, get the train back on the track. Now. I gotta tell you, man. There's nothing I feel that will make America smile and get back to some sort of sense of normalcy is if we could get those Friday night lights going, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, it'll be a perfect time right at the end of summer. It, it'll just be perfect. We will know. Yeah. We're back. Hey, you know, Paul, this is, this is Rick. I'm in, hey, Rick. like I say, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. You know, I, I got to say, I, I completely agree. I'll, I'll be a little self-serving now and say when we had a conversation with Eric Sonheimer, uh, LA Times, uh, sure, prep, prep sports guy, just great guy. Yeah. He said, the honor bowl, an inspiration for high school sports, we needed back. And that really, that, that was like, 
thank you, Eric, for thinking about that. Well, absolutely. I mean, especially for down here, and we don't get to see some of those teams. We hear about the teams that, that you guys take for granted that are here, but we don't get to see them. Mm-hmm. And then to get to see them match up against the teams that we know well and we think are pretty darn good. Do you know what a magic moment that is? Oh, wow. You know what it means to San Diego high school football and what that game means? And, and, and I'm not even getting into the charity aspect. I'm just talking about what it, you know, California's a big place. And we hear about some of those teams. We don't get to see them unless, yeah. of course, they're playing in the honorable. And, <laughs> you know, the thought that that might not happen, I, I just, I'm not ready to go there yet. It's, it's going to happen, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, neither Rick and I aren't ready to go there yet either. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into the Honorable. We have 20 high schools that we're talking with right now, 10 that are going to be in San Diego, 10 that are going to be in Northern California. And we've got, I think, one of the best showcases uh, coming to San Diego this year. We've got St. Francis Academy coming out of Maryland, one of the top teams in the nation playing Corona Centennial in San Diego. You know how cool that is? (laughs) <laughs> and those are teams you read about, you watch maybe on YouTube or see on Twitter. Yeah. But to see them, I mean, Mark, I, I, and I know I, this is going to sound like I'm trying to blow wind up your skirt, but what you have done with the honorable and what the honor, one man can make a difference. And my dad used to tell me that every time I used to get in trouble, I knew discipline was coming around the corner, but his speech was one man can make a difference. You are in a living example of what, how one man can change the trajectory of, of, of a sport in a state as big as California. What you've done is nothing short of miraculous, and everybody who knows you respects you. Thank you so much, Paul. And I got to tell you, and I want to, uh, I want to use, I, I, that really, really touches me, my friend, but I, I also want to lift up my team because if it wasn't for people like Rick, um, that has does so much to help with the marketing and the video and then Patty Schumacher, our gold star mother that brings the military aspect in. I mean, we've really been blessed to have a phenomenal team that has come under this thing and lifted it up. And, and it's an honor. It really is. It is an honor to bring this event to San Diego um, because uh, this, the, the area loves it. The community loves it. Uh, we, you know, C- Cathedral Catholic has been a great host school. Oceanside oh, yeah. has been a great host school, host school. It's been amazing how that community has embraced us. And, and so, right, we, we are going to be devastated if, yeah. uh, you know, they eliminate the preseason. I know there's all types of models that are coming out right now that we're hearing. Um, and I just, uh, I hope we can get back to some sort of normal. Three, five. Yes. Hey, that one's for you, Mark. That's for you. (laughs) Hey, Paul, I know you're a busy guy. Um, I I can't thank you enough for coming on board. I just, uh, I know that, uh, you know, you're the man that I feel is just at the front of it all down in San Diego. And so when we were putting together this podcast, I said, man, we got to get Paul on. Man, Paul is just, he's on the cutting edge, the tip of the spear when it comes to San Diego. And uh, we can't thank you enough for for being on our podcast. Well, I, Mark, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to talking about the prep pigskin report with you one day. And so you, you can see, uh, you know, our, our, our thing is obviously 
you know, it's, it's more, first of all, it's just not as big as what you do because yours is, is a national, our thing is very local, but it's similar in, in a lot of ways. And uh, I, I look forward to one day talking to you about it because uh, we're really proud of our little high school football show. You know, just coming off our last season where we, uh, we were sending out camera crews, 25, 30 camera crews per, on a Friday night, turning highlights from all those games on a Friday night show that airs at 11 p.m. to midnight. I defy you and your entire viewing audience to find a TV show, a, uh, a cable outlet, any media outlet that can match what we do. And I, it's Mark, it's the only thing I've ever done that's been remotely successful, so I'm really proud of it. Oh. I look forward to the next <laughs> I, I look forward. I look forward to the day when we can actually chat about that. When COVID nineteen is a distant memory, because um, you know, I want I want your audience to know more about the PPR. So let me tell you something about the PPR. Just so before Paul leaves, um, he, he's got not, not only the preps pigskin report, but he's got this group of people that go out that are called Red Jackets. And they go out to the games, they, they have the video cameras, they have the microphones, they're gathering all this material. And then, like Paul said, in the evenings, they, they, they blast that um, all throughout San Diego. It's a big, big thing. The coaches love it. The kids love it. The schools love it. It's at, and it's very professionally done. So um, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can grab some clips and put it on so people could see this on this podcast, but uh, the schools that come to San Diego and are part of the Honor Bowl, they, they get to get on this. This is Paul's always out there with his crew, um, you know, capturing video, capturing stories. Paul, you are a, um, a patriarch in San Diego, and buddy, I want you to know that. We appreciate you, we respect you, we love you, and it's an honor to have you on Honor Radio. I hope to be on again again, Mark. Thank you for including me. God bless you, buddy. Take care.